This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hands Shot First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. This week we're talking about the Naked Gun, the files from Police Squad. It's Enrico Palazzo. It is Enrico Palazzo. Enrico Palazzo. Enrico Palazzo. This movie came out in 1988, directed by David Zucker, written by Jerry Zucker, Jim Abrams, David Zucker, and others. Starring Leslie Nielsen, Priscilla Presley, O.J. Simpson, and more. (laughs) Not a Jew. (laughs) (laughs) Ricardo Montalban, forgot about him. And and, uh, Francis from Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure. And Weird Al Yankovic. (laughs) Must we not forget. Um, all right, this came from my list. Uh, just this is one of those movies I did. I don't think I saw this in the movie theater. I know I saw the sequels in the theater. I don't know if I saw this in the theater, but definitely liked it. At the age where I got some of the jokes that were a little adult, but not all of them. <laughs> um, and I really just thought it was hilarious. I, I had seen Airplane before, but like I said, when I saw Airplane, I was a kid. I don't think I got anything except... Movies. It's funny, because there's an inflatable man driving the plane, you know, but not getting like, yeah. the blowjobs. <laughs> Any of that. Like, <laughs> So, this was the first time where I was kind of getting some of the jokes, and I just thought it was hilarious. So that's my history with it. Uh, Scott? So I think I'd, I'd seen some episodes of Police Squad as a kid, and then uh, I still didn't put two and two together. Um, I'd seen Airplane, like you said, Jeff, and then I did see this in the theater, but also like Airplane, a lot of the jokes were over my head, uh, but still there's enough going on even as a as a kid to make it hilarious. Yeah. All right. Alex. Mm, I also can't remember. I can't remember if I saw this in the theater or not. I want to say it might have been a drive-in movie. Man, we saw a lot of drive-in movies when I was a kid. Uh, because I clearly remember when I was a kid, at least I always remember the uh, <laughs> the Frank Drebin climbing outside the building with the concrete dildo. Yeah, I remember as a kid not knowing what a dildo was. Yep, but I knew he had a pee pee in his hand, and that was hilarious. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. All right, and, and just one side note: I know I saw thirty-three and a third in the theater, but it was the dollar fifty theater, the one like outside of the city mall. Remember that one? Yep. Mm. And it was I saw it during, like it was a week after the whole OJ OJ thing happened, so he was getting <laughs> he was getting booed on the screen. Um, that's something that sticks out in my mind. I specifically remember going to the theater; everyone's booing him every time he came on the screen. And this was yeah, pre-trial but post. <laughs> the ch- car chase and everything like that. All right. Well, with that said, we're each going to talk about seven items from the movie. And um, I will go first. And my number seven is, I have to put it on here, th- the references to Angels Baseball. Um, <laughs> just, I got to say, between this 
Angels in the outfield, and uh, I don't know. That's probably about it. And like the one inning of a major league cutscene. They've got to be the most filmed team in uh, Hollywood besides the Yankees. <laughs> they have I have no idea if that's true. I don't know. <laughs> Little Big League. They got Dick Emberg there. Yeah, they did. And a young... Uh, who's the guy that retired a couple years ago? Always at the World Series that nobody liked. Tim McCarver. Tim McCarver, and, yeah. 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 And Jim Palmer, fresh out of the retirement, into retirement. <laughs> And Dick Vitale. Dick Vitale and Dr. Joyce Brothers. Um, Filmed at Dodger Stadium. <laughs> yeah, so that was one thing. So it's an Angel game, but it, you know everything is filmed at Dodger Stadium. So I was wondering why they didn't just choose the Dodgers other than they really wanted to use Reggie Jackson. I don't know. Or the Dodgers organization was too classy to be in a spoof movie like this. I don't know. But you know, why it wasn't the Dodgers. The whole thing's filmed in L.A., and everything's about L.A. I don't know why it wasn't the Dodgers, but... Yeah, the... Uh, the Mar- did, It's just me to the Mariners' third base coach look like Lou Piniella, even though it clearly wasn't Lou Piniella. <laughs> I don't know. But I know the Angels' manager is the guy from uh, Reservoir Dogs, like the boss. Okay. And, the, and the voice from the Simpsons episode, the security guard. When Bart steals the video oh, game. Uh, Elaine's dead. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, Master of the house. Yeah, <laughs> exactly that guy. Um, so yeah, it's the guy. The fact that it's Angels baseball, and I had to put it on my list. And uh, yeah, too bad it was filmed. I mean, this is '88. This is the year the Dodgers won the World Series too. So maybe that's why they didn't want to. <laughs> they didn't want that evil put on them. <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't know. <laughs> anyway, Angels baseball. My number seven, Scott Witchers. Okay, um, so it's it's really hard for a lot of these these comedies not to boil them down to just individual gags or, or scenes, but it's especially hard for these Zucker Brothers movies, yeah. uh, Zucker Abrams movies. Uh, so the the first first gag on my list, uh, and I, I I remember that he was going to do it, but it, I'd forgotten like how he screwed up the lyrics for the national anthem. At one point, you know, he does another words, and and there still was a flag. (laughs) I laughed out loud again. There's lots of things that made me laugh out loud, but and the bombs in the air, (laughs) the bombs in the air. air. (laughs) Oh man! At first, when it started up again, I was like, okay, this is gonna be kind of one of the weaker jokes, and then. Yeah, he sells it. So, yeah, the 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 wrong words to the national anthem, number seven. All right, Alex, Who's number seven. Uh, I'm gonna try and stick with my list. I try and stick with um, since we've talked about this movie over the years, and we all love it, and everybody that's seen it already knows like the big beats. I'm gonna try and stick to like the some of the smaller jokes, and this is these are two quotes from the movie that kind of were kind of small and throwaway but they became big just because personally i quote them all the time and i know you guys do too but the first one is <laughs> the nuclear power plant is set it yep <laughs> everywhere i look i think of her yeah <laughs> every time i turn around something reminds me of her yep and every time i go by <laughs> set it gotta say the line yeah yeah so and- if you're not from this area if you're driving from la orange county to san diego 
you drive by those things, and I'll be damned if someone doesn't say it. Every <laughs> yeah. <goddamn> time. <laughs> or somebody, or somebody takes a picture and then sends it to the group me chat room. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, also, nowhere near LAX, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and really, cut, going out the south end of Orange County. So, mm-hmm. but worth the joke. On the phone, to, you tug it on the phone to somebody. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm just past the boobs. All right, I'll be there in a minute. <laughs> yeah. And it is a power plant. I don't know if, people, if that's another thing that we just assume, yep. but it's a nuclear power plant. Nuclear. Yeah. Uh, the other quote that we always say is, <laughs> nice beaver. <laughs> it's like, thanks. I just had it stuffed. Yeah, that was one of those jokes I did not get as a kid the first time I saw it. I mention. <laughs> but yeah. Me either. <laughs> this is like, well, that is a nice beaver. Uh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, that's your number seven? All right. Uh, you guys already mentioned my number six or like the stuff you didn't get, whatever. It's the boobs and dildo scene. <laughs> as, a, as a kid, I just remember, ooh, boobies. He's squeezing boobies. And then, yeah, he's holding onto the penis and it's smiling and not quite getting that stuff there when he, just, when he pulls it. It's, you know, when it turns it around and then just, yeah, I don't think I knew what a dildo was either. And I just remember the funny line of the mayor going, yeah. sexual assault with a concrete, concrete dildo. dildo. <laughs> yeah, that was the funniest part of that whole setup. Yeah. It was her delivery for that. Yeah. Assault yeah. with a concrete dildo. And then I think as a kid, just like yeah, when he grabbed her boobs and it did like the ooga, ooga <laughs> sound. So, so dumb. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, oh, Jebin. Yeah. And I, I believe, doesn't every Make a Good Movie have a scene like that where he's... I know one of them. He's like in the keys buying cantaloupes, and a girl walks by with big boobs, and he's grabbing them there. And then, uh, like Anna Nicole Smith's all over the third one, so I'm sure. So, I don't remember that one that yeah. well, but uh, uh, as a kid, priceless. <laughs> so, um, all right, Scott, number six. Uh, number six was the San Onofre power plants. Okay. <laughs> Everything I see reminds me of her. All right. Alex, number six. Uh, for this number six, it's, a, for once, an incorrect quote that I've been saying for years. I had to go back and listen to it, like, over and over again. Because I always thought Drebin in the hospital said, now getting your nuts bitten off by an alligator, that's the way I want to go. He actually says, and we're going to take a little social studies uh, lesson here, uh, getting your nuts bitten off by a Laplander. You guys happen to know who or what a Laplander is? <laughs> no idea. I'll tell you. And this is might be the smartest joke, like, intellect, like uh, academically, in the whole movie. But apparently, a Laplander is a people that live in, uh, in like, the Russia area, right? So, traditionally, like, way back when, the these people had a... Um, habit of castrating deer in order to control the population and also because for you know scientific reasons it would make them hardier now they would do this in a way that would it's called like a half castration where they wouldn't be producing any swimmers but they would still be producing testosterone okay you following me here sure no all right here's where the joke comes in because I don't know, I think some purists still do this in the area, but apparently they would uh, take down the deer and then position themselves in a way where they would 
physically bite the testicles of the deer to crush them without breaking the skin. And that's what would cause the half castration. That was a long road to hoe there. I did a lot of research on this. Wow. That but is yeah. that is very uh I don't know who the fuck would know that. Like <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? Was there, was, there was like in eighty eight was there some story on this about like like sixty minutes or something? I don't know. Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> but uh yeah, I found that all of that just fascinating. That blew my mind. That's way too smart for this movie. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it was Lablander. <laughs> Guess when you go into the area, well, you know, watch your nuts. All right. All right. Well, uh, my number five was kind of mentioned by Scott already. It's the his his portrayal, the whole Enrico Palazzo slash umpire bit <laughs> yeah. of just the, the way it finally ends. That you know, first he pretends to be the, the opera singer doing the national anthem, and then he's the umpire, and then he saves the queen's life, and then they think it's Enrico Palazzo who saved her. Francis. Enrico yeah. Palazzo. Hey, it's, it's Enrico Palazzo. Uh, that whole thing is awesome, and I think more than the singing the national anthem, I just love him just getting off on calling strikes. And <laughs> yeah. That strike three of the very first one, he's already calling strikes. <laughs> even got it. I, I like the Steve. first. I, I like the first. The first time he calls it strike. Right. Yeah. yeah, the crowd erupts. Uh, I was laughing out loud when when they get in the rundown. I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> he keeps tossing out the balls, and the other ump keeps throwing them back at him. Oh yeah, that was gold. Were those real umpires? Because they kind of look familiar, but I don't know if I know them from, from this movie or not. I have no That's idea. Thing. Hey, they're just professional movie umpires. There <laughs> Could you go. Be. Uh, but yeah, the whole Enrico Palazzo bit. And then, hey, it's Enrico Palazzo. So there you go. That's my number five. Scott. All right. My number five is the student driver. It's <laughs> such, such a brilliant idea. <laughs> uh, especially within the constructs of this movie. But he gets in and to the car to follow the, the crazy hypnotized doctor. And he gets in the car with a student driver. And the, I can't remember the name of the actor. That guy's fucking hysterical. Just as the, the super calm, uh, kind of now it's gently posh. put it into drive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> apply the brakes, <laughs> and then the, the 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 one thing that I thought was the funniest as a kid was this part because I knew what the middle finger was. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's the <laughs> Stephanie, <laughs> extend your arm. <laughs> extend <Gently. laughs> Extend your middle finger. Good. <laughs> And then the way the girl does it too is is fucking great too. <laughs> oh, she 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 does it and she like doubles down on it a little bit. Yeah. Like, she kind of grimaces and like sticks her arm up a little higher. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, gold. Yep, she was doing that as hard as she could. Yeah, extend your middle finger. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I like when uh, <laughs> normally you would not be driving the wrong way down a one-way street. Yeah, yeah. 85 down the wrong way into like a parking structure or whatever. Oh, man. <laughs> By the way, I was looking for the uh, the car driver's name. I can't find him. But I found Woman on Ledge. 
<laughs> and then her other only other credit is Melon Lady from Naked Gun 33 and a third. <laughs> oh, maybe so, she's like related to one of the producer or higher up on the crew. I just think she's typecast for a couple of reasons. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> All right, uh, Alex, what's your number five? My number five, this was really just a tiny gag, but I laughed so hard at it. And this is, uh, now this isn't the entire, but this small piece of this gag where Norberg steps through the door and everything and that happens and then he gets shot up. <laughs> and he keeps getting beat up, but he goes over and you see, you clearly see this bright white door and it says wet paint. And yeah. he's heading over there, but instead of doing that, <laughs> he hits the scaldingly hot stove first. Which caught me by surprise because I completely forgot about that. I thought he was going for the door first. And then he hits the door with his shoulder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and after that, he goes, oh, no. He looks at his coat. <laughs> that little, like, half a second sequence just, just fucking killed me. <laughs> just that, like, little, um, what, the subversion of expectations. Just a tiny bit because the door is, like, right there. And you think he's going to go for it first. Nope. Awesome, and then the rest happens. Yeah, yeah. Everything else is pretty gnarly, and that one is just that wet paint. Oh, <laughs> it's like oh no. The the best part about all that was the the chalk outline in the water the next day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, awesome. Wait, wait. John Houseman was the driving instructor. Okay, he's not Houseman. He's Quaid. Quaidman. All right. So speaking of the next day, uh, the, out, the outline of the water, it's the, the bribe scene when he's talking to the guy. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> I don't know. My hopper, my Nazarene. What about 20 bucks? Does that refresh your memory? Yeah, it does. It's so-and-so. Why do you know? None of your business. Maybe it's money will refresh your memory. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah? How about now? <laughs> Just keep passing the money back and forth. Can you loan me 20? Here you go. So st- <laughs> I completely forgot about that. I was dying. So yeah, the reverse bribe scene. It's my number five. Scott. All right. Uh, wait, you did number four? <laughs> you surprise. I thought we did number four. five. Sorry, yeah, number four. Number four is the baseball bloopers. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. How about that? <laughs> yeah, the, the look on Palmer's. Or is it Palmer's face or the other guy's face? I, f- I forget who. It's not Palmer. Uh, it's Mel Allen. Steve McCarver? So Mel Allen's mugging for the camera. Siskel or Ebert. Uh, but yeah, when the the guy gets signed in second base and a tiger comes out, <laughs> and then of course, the falls off. yeah, the guy jumps up and the, his head gets knocked off by the baseball. <laughs> then the one guy, what what's the line again? He said it just a second ago. Oh, that's good how stuff. About right? that? How about that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah just. Mostly those two, but the <laughs> the head get knocked off. <laughs> yeah, whenever they use dummies in movies, it's great. Yeah. Uh, it was during one of the brawls when they're... Uh... What is the brawl? When basically when Reggie Jackson comes out of the brawl to go to the queen, you see dummies flying in and out of the pile. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. One of them gets tossed off the top, and then a guy dives on it when he hits the ground. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alex, number four. My number four is that I believe this movie had a really big impact on Mr. M. Night Shyamalan. 
is I'm pretty sure he based off one of his movies off a little tiny scene. Right? You with me? No. Okay. So he's in the office with uh, Ricardo Montalban, and uh, he's showing him that uh, Japanese pen, and he tells him that it is impervious. It is indestructible, and but it is impervious only to water. Ah. Sound like a movie? In that movie? Ah. I see dead people. Got it. Got yeah. it. <laughs> the happening. The happening. It's happening, all right. What? Lady, no. Lady in the water. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. Oh, Mark Wahlberg. That scene is fantastic. He it goes is to shake good. his hand and water just coming out of his sleeve. Yeah. <laughs> uh, damn fish stuck to his pen, stuck to his finger, stuck to his nose. <laughs> Do you know what was out there before all these buildings are here? Yeah! <laughs> yeah, you betcha, you know. <laughs> oh, fantastic. All right. Okay, we're on number three. So my number three is the end when uh, Ricardo Montalbán falls off the the ledge of the building and then gets run over by a trash truck or whatever. They're run over by a, st- a cement roller and then the marching band, USD marching band, stomps <laughs> on him, which is hilarious in itself. But then the I forgot the other cops. Like, oh my, so sad. My father went the same way. Yeah, that, yeah. I completely forgotten about that. It took me by surprise. I know, me too. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> oh, Frank. Yeah, George Kennedy. Like, yes, my mm. father went the same way. <laughs> Frank was like, "What?" Oh. Yeah, George Kennedy's good in this movie. Uh, mm-hmm. All right, Scott, number three. Is that Jamie Kennedy's dad? Probably not. Hmm. Oh. Grandfather? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, number three are the, the detective monologues. I think there's only really, like, two big ones. But the the first one is when he's following uh, Jane into the other room. <laughs> the The line that always stuck with me was, it should, should curves and the kind of legs you'd like to suck on for a day. <laughs> That's such a great line, uh, Nielsen delivering it. But even better than that was a, a, a short stint later, when uh, he starts walking down someplace in L.A. Uh-huh. and trying to piece everything together, and he <laughs> and he goes something like, "And if Ludwig didn't do it, then who did? And if he didn't know, then somebody else did." And where the hell was I? He's like way up in the Hollywood Hills, like yeah. <laughs> the jungle sound effect. And <laughs> yeah, the sidewalk literally ended. <laughs> but but again, just Leslie Nielsen just completely sung it with the the voiceover, and then the camera looks at him, and he just looks surprised, like where the fuck am I? <laughs> but yeah. yeah. <laughs> and where the hell was I? Oh man, I knew it was coming. Still made me laugh. <laughs> yep, mm-hmm. they're gold. Very good. All right, Alex. Three. My number three was the bribing the dock worker. I always love that. Just the interplay between both of them, and they both like really sell. <laughs> Just passing the twenty back and forth. You can't write that. It's almost <laughs> at the level. Of, it's not quite, of course, but of who's on first. But it's it's similar. It's like that wordplay that they have. It's just very well written and performed. Yeah. It is good and. uh 
as much as I like it, I think my number two is better. It's the same same stupid premise as when the <laughs> they know that there's going to be attack man of the queen, and they're he starts frisking the people at the front. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it! This is my number two. <laughs> and one. George Kennedy's behind him, and he reaches into his pockets <laughs> and he pulls out the gun. Oh yeah, nothing, huh? What's this? Then he goes and he's like, "This has got a picture of your wife." <laughs> Helen. <laughs> he just clocks him. <laughs> I seriously, I remembered that scene, but I don't remember laughing as hard as I did. That was one of those ones where I guess, I don't know, it just aged well for me. But I was dying. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's this? Hey, he's got a picture of your wife. <laughs> so stupid. <sighs> Good stuff. All right, Scott, number two. Number two is my my favorite joke in this movie. It might be, uh, it's it's up there if we're gonna do like top ten jokes in any movie. Uh, when, and I love the whole sequence when they're they're in front of the fire and eating and the like when he's feeding her the food and she's sucking it on his finger and he says, "I've got nine more." <laughs> Just when when he starts talking about how things are moving fast and he says, "Oh," he starts talking about the woman he loved about how she. She loved music, even though he bought her a harp. She said she didn't know what it was. Like it's just Nielsen's delivery. Oh yeah, that he, she was like <laughs> God, with, like, yeah, three hundred days a year. Yeah, the male, like, the male choir. She didn't know how to play an instrument. Yeah, could carry, carry, could carry a tune. <laughs> but the the best joke, and it fucking killed me again watching it again, was the <laughs> you know it's a common story. Boy meets girl. <laughs> Boy loses girl. Girl finds boy. Boy forgets about girl. Boy remembers girl. Girl dies in tragic blimp accident. And then Jane tears <laughs> says, says, Good year? And Leslie Nielsen, full Nielsen mode, says, No, the worst. <laughs> I'm just dying just thinking about it. It's like the ultimate dad joke, but it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> A good year? No. The worst. <laughs> oh man. Yep. <laughs> All right. Not doing Alex it justice, but it's, it's no. Great. I got. We got it. It's good. Alex number two. Uh, my number two was the frisking and Ed's <laughs> Ed's wife's picture in the guy. But I'm gonna right. switch it up just a little bit to another joke that was gonna be in my honorable mentions, anyways. When the when he picks up uh, uh, Frank from the airport and he's in the car. And he's talking about, yeah, sorry about your wife. He's like, do you know anything about the guy? No, not really. Only that he's an Olympic gymnast. That is the best sex she's ever had. <laughs> he pulls in reverse and crashes. <laughs> it's just a tiny moment, but it, it always makes me laugh. Yeah. And that's pretty early on in the movie where you get the sight gags, right? So he crashes into it, and the next scene when they park, they, they talk for a while. They have the whole Santa no for scene, and then they park, and you realize he's all the luggage racks from the airport which he's dragging them along the whole time. <laughs> yeah. It's good. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Uh, my number one, uh, Scott already mentioned it, is the voiceover. Um I think more of the ones I remember are more from the sequels, but just they're classic. And his delivery... Uh, the one already Scott already said, and from the other ones I've mentioned a bunch in this time, <laughs> like a midget at a urinal, I'm gonna have to keep on my toes. <laughs> a blind man in an orgy, I'm gonna have to feel my way out, <laughs> feel my way through it. Whatever, there's a ton of it. Just his voiceover is perfect. 
Um, yeah, it's 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 gold. Every time he starts doing it, I die. So that's my number one. Alex, or I mean Scott. All right, my number one is is Leslie Nielsen here. <laughs> yeah, uh, me the, too. The, the, the so he already kind of did this with Police Squad and then Airplane, and it all you know comes to a pinnacle here. In the Naked Gun movies, uh, just like his comedic timing and his delivery, uh, like just he says the most ridiculous shit. But the way he does it, it's it's always fucking hilarious. Uh, just like so on the nose. Um, like example, one of my honorable mentions was the uh, the scene. So he's like constantly crashing into shit. Uh, the one where he parks in front of the police station and, and like airbags go off and his car. <laughs> Like, uh, starts rolling away, and then he's, he thinks it's, like, a rogue suspect or something. He starts shooting at the car, the car explodes, and then he's, he's standing out there in front of all the witnesses and other cops. He's like, does anybody get that plate? <laughs> and then he, he slowly dawns on him that it was his car. <laughs> and he tells everybody, yeah. uh, get, get the names of all these witnesses. I've, uh, got a, he's, like, looking at his watch, I've got a... Go inside. <laughs> it's very like a Simpsons esque, like kind of later on move. But yeah. yeah, just the look on his face, like the way he's like tilting his head. Oh man! But yeah, just the scene at the end with the uh, he's talking Jane out of being a murdering uh, hypnotizee. I don't know what the word for it, but the when he tells her. The world might amount, might not amount to a hill of beans, but this is our hill, and these are our beans. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> uh, just on and on and on with, with all the stuff. What is the other one? Like drinking Drano, sure it'll clean you out. It'll leave you hollow on the inside. Yeah, that's that's from the second. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's from the second one. Like the my favorite one from the second one was uh, the truth hurts. Maybe not as much as jumping on a bicycle with a seat missing, but it hurts. <laughs> No, the Drano one was from this movie. Was Drano from this one? Yeah, when yeah. he's uh Oh you're right. Her, like, yeah, yeah, breaking yeah. up with her after the shootout. That's <laughs> oh right, damn yeah. it, I didn't mention that. <laughs> but yeah, the Yeah, he's just uh it, he just makes these movies. Mm-hmm. He does. Alright, anything to add, Alex? That's your number one as well? Yeah, that's my number one. It's just these these movies would not work at all without um, Leslie Nielsen as Frank Drebin. Uh He's fantastic playing the straight man and uh, really just selling and just believing everything that he's saying, no matter how ridiculous it is. It's uh, a unique skill that he had. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I have a couple honorable mentions, but I'll just shout out to uh, Priscilla Presley and Ricardo Maltimore. I thought they did good in this movie, too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't Fantastic. know if she's been in anything else but these movies, but um, I remember my mom and dad telling me, that's Elvis's wife. I was like, oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I knew him from uh, Ricardo Maltabon, not so much from Wrath of Khan, I don't think, but more from the show. Fantasy uh, Island. Fantasy Island. Fantasy Island, yeah, at that point. Because I don't think I started watching... Star Trek. Probably around the same time, actually, is when I started watching, going back and watching the old movies. But Anyway, uh, honorable mentions were Nice Beaver, uh, the happy montage on their date with the Hermit yeah, and the, the Hermit the, song. The music video is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Coming out of Platoon laughing and everything. Um, 
the there's that one moment when they're up in the, in the police squad station and the guy's showing them the little gadgets and there's like a fourth wall break where he just walks through the <laughs> yeah, set. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. And then the very beginning, I totally forgot about the, all the vil, all the villains. That, you yeah, know, the yeah. Now I was like, dying. Katafi's there. The yeah, Pepshmir was there too. Imam, yeah, Ayatollah, Ayatollah. And, uh, <laughs> Gorbachev. <laughs> he rubs rubs it up to get Gorbachev's head. I knew it. <laughs> oh, it was just hilarious that all these uh, enemies of America be hanging out in one room planning something. Oh, it was fucking gold. <laughs> Uh, honorable mentions, honorable to, the, mentions. to the P mic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one's good. Uh, <laughs> when he starts going, ah, la, la. Yeah. <laughs> the shot of him from behind when he's got like his hands over his head and it's like he's got like, doing spear fingers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, uh, I think we covered just about everything else there. Uh, yeah. Oh, the, the, the go watch the movie. Oh, the back back the, one more the the tech guy when he shoots the dart at George Kennedy. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> yeah. It's good. All right. Uh, as usual, we're gonna rate it on a scale of one to seven. Seven being perfection, one being absolute garbage. I give this a six. It's pretty easy, but I will say it. It did fall down a little bit, like for me. I think maybe I would have had this at a seven before, like when I was younger. I think now I prefer airplane more, but I'm not sure. But anyway, it's a six for me. It's hilarious. I can watch it anytime. Um, a couple parts, maybe just because I know it so well. I, I was a little bored, and I found myself looking at my phone a couple times. But it's still easy six for me. Scott, um, I still gotta give it a seven. This is top ten comedies of all time for me. Uh, okay. Just again, Nielsen, the with the when they're spoofing the cop stuff without going too overboard, it's it's brilliant. Um, and you know, even even at its lowest points, it's still funny. Um, this is the I don't know how many times this is at least like the twentieth time I've seen this movie. Like at least bits and pieces of it, mm-hmm. and it still makes me laugh out loud. Uh, yeah, this is one of the all-timers. So, seven. All right. Alex. Mm, I'm on the edge, but I'm still it's I'm still going to give it a six. It's a strong six. Uh, yeah, catch me on the right day, and it might be a seven. But th- uh, for right now, it's a six for me. Still laughing pretty much all the way through the movie. Uh, and as, <laughs> as you saw, uh, as you heard from this list, learning a lot more stuff about the world in general. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a rare day no, when Alex has to, like, break down stuff for us. Yeah, Laplander. Would you guys, which, what do you like better, airplane or this? This. I think this. Yeah. yeah. I gotta watch airplane more, though. I, think, I, feel I was like, gonna say, I have to watch airplane again. It's been a while for that, too, so. Mm. I feel like airplane is more gag to gag than this one, but not by much. But also, I think the thing we miss out on airplane is that it's actually spoofing a very specific movie that I don't think I've ever seen. That's true. Yeah. So maybe we might appreciate it more. Air Force um, One? Yes. <laughs> Get off my plane. All right. Um, for our crossover list, we're going to be talking about uh, top opening credit sequences in movies, um, which I guess none of us had on our list. But in this movie, there's a, 
classic beginning with the siren and just you know kind of starts out going to police locations and the next thing you know it's boobies in the girls locker room and then on a roller yeah. coaster and <laughs> and everything and then it ends up at the donut shop so uh with that in <laughs> mind um we t- did our lists and uh apparently one of mine deleted and i don't know what it is now crap <laughs> also one of mine was uh Oh man! All right, well, my... <laughs> uh, it's just, I just see a Q there now. What the fuck would have been a Q? Anyway, but my number five, Quantum of Solace. I don't know. This is this shouldn't be on here. This movie's awful. But for some reason, when I saw this movie in the theater, I really dug it, and it's the <laughs> opening sequence for the Planet of the Apes, Mark Wahlberg, Tim Burton movie. And it's just, it's the Danny Elfman score, and there's just these graphics, and you're like, you're going into it. It's kind of like leading you into the movie. I just thought it was really cool, and I liked it. I couldn't even explain to you what it is now, because it's been so long since I've seen that movie. But it's, I remember it standing out for me. So, send your hate mail. Jeff at gmail.com. <laughs> so, yeah. The, pla- hate. <laughs> the Planet of the Apes uh, intro. The remake, sadly. All right, Scott. Okay, so my number five is from... Uh, I, I know Jeff's seen this, uh, but Cowboy Bebop the movie. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. the opening sequence really doesn't have much to do with with the movie, with what's going on in the movie, other than just kind of show people are around, I guess. Uh, well, yeah. that was the, the planet they ended up on at the end, right? Well, they were, the they, machine? well they were always on the same planet. They're basically yeah. the same city, pretty much the whole thing. But um, the uh, yeah, so they the opening credits is basically like just normal people going around the city, um, but they're all like very elaborate animations of people doing normal shit. Um, it's just very cool. It's like a, a animation slash slice of life. Um, it doesn't feature any of the characters that are in the movie. Um, it just shows people running around the city, and it's, it's probably all like live footage that they just like animated directly from yeah uh, but it's still it's still very cool and it has the the cool music and uh yeah it's just it was an interesting thing and it kind of stuck with me so that's my number five cowboy yeah, bebop intro. Is, is cowboy bebop a movie or a show so it was a it was a show but then it got made into a movie it's all animated and now it's yeah, gonna be a live thing. it's gonna be a live action show now yeah why don't you put this on your list as opposed to Mannequin and Mannequin 2, Scott? That's a good point. I mean, Jeff. Which <laughs> it makes your list every other week, but no, we got to talk okay. about Mannequin. Let, let, me, let me answer your question with a question. Okay. Would, would you be any more excited about watching the Cowboy Bebop movie than you would Mannequin, Jeff? 100% I would be. All right. <laughs> I'm in. I love that movie. You guys talk about it so much, it sounds good. I know these other ones aren't... I know Mannequin's not good, so... Uh, how dare you? And Mannequin <laughs> 2 might be good. I'm not sure. I've never seen it either. Yeah. It's... He, just wants, he just wants to see Kim Cattrall. That's why he wants to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, that that kind of, yeah. And Herman's Head. That's, good. that's the second one. <laughs> yeah. second one is... Uh, no, that's the second one, yeah. It's, it's Christy Swanson and Herman's Head. And Bernie. Wait, Chrissy Swanson from Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Yes. 
We can't do two of those in one calendar year. That's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, we can't. That sounds like a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cowboy Bebop for Scott. Alex, what's your number five? My number five is Back to the Future. It's very simple. It's just one continuous, like, slow-moving shot of Doc Brown's house with all the clocks. Oh, and man. you get a, a, a little shot of his... Uh, uh, dog feeding machine has a robotic arm that's pouring slop on an overflowing bowl. Uh, you even get a little foreshadowing from that clock from the Buster Keaton movie that he has on there. It's fantastic. Sets up the movie really nice. Yeah, very good. I totally forgot about that, and I like that. I like that. <laughs> All right. Um... Pushy old man, Jeff. I like that. <laughs> I like that. My number four comes from a movie we just did a few weeks ago, and that's the Dawn of the Dead remake intro. Um, right? So you have, your, you have your cold open, and then it goes right into the Johnny Cash Man Comes Around song, and then oh, yeah, just the, I was the, the, the news footage of what's been going on, the outbreak and everything. I love it. I, I think it's one of the best intros in horror movie history. If I, but I'm sure there's a lot of here I'm going to miss, but that one, especially because we just saw it recently... My number four, Dawn of the Dead, Johnny Cash. Scott. My number four is Back to the Future. That's what we do. Right. Nice. Alex, we're number four. Uh, number four is a, a James Bond movie. Just take your pick. Yeah. All uh, the intros are like this big, like almost music video type of thing with uh, cool uh, special effects or lighting, special lighting and stuff for the older movies. That's uh, uh, very effective. Thank you. That's showing uh, 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 sensual ladies doing <laughs> their thing. They can get pretty slick too. I uh, yeah. I really like the one for Casino Royale. It was kind of different from the yeah. other ones, but still very cool with the Chris Cornell song. Did he turn toward the camera and shoot? He did, I think. <laughs> I this is an honorable mention because yes, they're all. I couldn't t- tell you which is from which, but the yeah. So, but not, yeah, this definitely had to make the list. All right. Uh, well, my number three is the only comic book movie I have on my list, and it's The Watchmen. Oh, that's a good oh, one. That's my number one. Damn it, I forgot about that. Oh, one. it's number one. Fantastic. Yeah, that's my favorite opening. That's probably so the all right. cool. the best part of the whole movie, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, I it know might it be. is. <laughs> it's like that in the, right, the very end. All right, if it's your number one, I'll let you talk about it. But yeah, the Bob Dylan stuff and all that's really cool. So, uh... Yeah, Scott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my Scott, number three. My, my number three is seven. And I've specifically s- spelled it here, S-E-V-E-N. Now I've got the stupid seven in the middle, because that doesn't make any fucking sense. But... Uh, yeah. are, you, are you not a fan of the of the girl Kesha and the dollar sign in her name? I'm, I'm not. <laughs> It, it offends my sensibilities. <laughs> oh, the music does that for me. I mean, I can I couldn't say one with the other, but the name <laughs> is no bueno. Uh, but yeah, seven is super creepy, and it's got the the Nine Inch Nails song and uh, all the the Notebook stuff, and uh, it just sets the the tone for the whole movie. Um, that's that's you know, got Jeff's got me in the. Uh, List mode here, so Cal Bebop 7. Uh, 
So oh, this right. is I'm I kind of want to revisit this movie because I'm I got a feeling it doesn't hold up as well. I mean, but also we we know how it ends too. So the that's kind of the it, it's going to lose a lot of its uh, I don't know momentum with us. But so we'll uh, see. if it's a good pot in a box, the... yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's in the box? Yeah, she's the new elf in the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> Pepper pots in the box. Pepper pots in the box. <laughs> so number and three, little dogs too. Number three, seven. <laughs> Very cool. I actually don't remember the intro to that. So if we, yeah, if it is on your list, I'll be yeah, looking forward to see that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Alex, number three. Number three is Fight Club. It's been a while since I've seen this movie. I gotta watch it again. That's so fucking cool. It's like nothing I'd ever seen before with the extreme zoom in of shit and the Chemical Brothers soundtrack. Because it pulls out and that awesome shot of the camera going in between the grooves and the sights of the gun to like the big reveal in the opening scene of the movie. It's so fucking cool. Right. And then, you know, you realize you've been going through his brain synapses and all that stuff so cool. <laughs> yeah which plays into gauze. Yeah. <laughs> gauze. we yeah, don't play club yet the the pretty sure we are. i thought we did yeah we? i'm pretty sure we did <laughs> any um, of you gets up you gotta get a, a lead salad <laughs> all right uh my number two which i believe we've done this movie as well is the good the bad and the ugly yeah that's good so the <laughs> The animation scenes and the, the the dissolves and the wipes and of course the music, it's so good. You can just watch that in a loop over and over again. Scott, number two. Number two is. All right, hear me out. <laughs> uh-huh. so this I would I would qualify this as sense and sensibility. <laughs> I would I would qualify this as a short film. Uh, even though it originated on TV uh, in the wee hours, unheralded on Adult Swim, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and basically I'm the in. whole th- the whole thing was basically one giant intro. Uh, so it gets very meta and disturbing, and the whole thing is 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 almost beyond describing, beyond description, uh, and that would be too many cooks. God, I forgot about this. If you haven't seen this. <laughs> Don't. Well, watch it until the blonde girl uh, appears <laughs> topless. Jeebus H. So this this is, I don't know, this, this hit like, <laughs> this was made for me. <laughs> like people like me and Alex. Yeah. Um, so I get so fucking weird. And then there was actually like personified credits like names of people that were walking around and underneath them humans were popping out like the credits would normally they were screaming it was oh yeah, man yeah it was just disturbing <laughs> for sure but i i want to say actually like for whatever like i i don't regularly watch adult swim but for whatever reason that night i actually had it on like i think i caught like the first run of it like before it had reached the internet like for once um but yeah it, 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 it was uh viral as the kids say um, yeah, if, if if people don't know what I'm talking about, uh, just YouTube, uh, Too Many Cooks, um, it's not exactly appropriate for children, so... It is not. Uh, you've been warned. <laughs> but that's my number two. Nice. Alright, Alex, your number two. 
Uh, my number two, and I know... <laughs> sorry, Jeff. We're just hitting all your favorite movies, this list. Oh, Scott, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Yep, that one's pretty good. It's a fantastic opening credit scene when they, the band starts up and then the hallway starts getting stretching out and getting super long. And then it goes into like the animated sequence of all the names. And everybody has like a little like kind of unique animation for... Yeah, a little unique like logo for everybody. So you, so you kind of get hints of what the character's like. It's awesome. We're Launchpad McQuack. That's not our name. No, we're not. It's not our name. Yeah. The start of a great soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Sex Bob... <laughs> the Sex Bob Oms. All right, um, we're on to my number one. Yep. Which is, it's very basic, but at the time, I think it was really cool. Um, Superman the movie. And just, right. Yeah, those are cool. It's just the title, the names coming up and just flying in there in space, and they fly in and they fly away, and then the next one. I thought, remember as a kid, I could not stand to see words on the screen, but I liked that for some reason. <laughs> well, John Williams. Of course, I think that's the main yeah. reason. But. Um, Yep, that's my number one, and I'm sticking with it. Superman the movie. Nice. And Spaceballs the flamethrower. <laughs> Kids love that one. <laughs> All right, Scott, number one. Number one is something that we did this year, I believe. Uh, and that's the opening credits to Disney's Robin Hood. How they, oh, they, nice. They go through the, the whole main theme song. And they basically have... Every animal character come marching through at some point. Um, so you're getting animation before the movie even starts. Uh, I remember like thinking that was so cool as a kid that, like, oh, you just jump right in, none, none of the bullshit. <laughs> yeah, not no, the no, real could, storybook yeah. slowly opening, so the camera slowly zoom like uh, trucks in. You get to yeah. see like everybody in, in lifelike stuff, even though they're probably ripping off. Snow White for half of it. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, number one is Robin Hood. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I think that was this year. Very good. Mm-hmm. All right, Alex. Uh, as mentioned before, The Watchmen. Oh, yeah. Uh, the movie was, uh, eh, I mean, it was good. The comic book is, it's kind of the same. It's the same as the graphic novel, but no. somehow the graphic novel means like a lot better it's condensed right yeah yeah so i i you know the graphic novel plenty you talk might be overrated but it's it's definitely better you get the whole pirate thing <laughs> in the yeah, graphic novels <laughs> that's a uh, story um, like get more of the characterizations and stuff but yeah the, the movie though mm-hmm. yeah the intro is amazing yeah, the intro is fantastic with Bob Dylan's times. They are changing. Yeah, yeah, are like uh, extreme slow mo, or they're either like standing as still as possible, but there's still like a lot of motion, like a lot of slow motion motion in it. Like them punching each other in the face and firing the Tommy gun at the same time. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, and it's telling the story about how there were superheroes and now, you yeah, know, they have them. this. How they retired or yeah. died or went to mental institutions. Had babies, whatever. Yeah. It's awesome. It is. Very good. Zack Snyder 2 on our list. 
<laughs> Who would have thought? Let's talk about the intro to Batman Begins. I mean, Batman versus Superman. Damn it. Mm. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I don't even remember if that was. Oh, All right, oh uh, was, it, was it credits over that or just the intro? I don't even remember. I was joking. Um, my honorable mentions were Fight Club and James Bond, which I already mentioned. Um, yeah, obviously Star Wars is not opening credits. There are no credits, so it doesn't count. That's right. I thought I thought long and hard about it. Not really, but I was like, oh, Star Wars. Nope, no credits actually. Just and you got in trouble for that. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. You guys have any honorable mentions? I think you hit on mine. Like yep. you guys were saying them, they became my honorable mentions. So, <laughs> all right, there it is. It's time for Alex knows sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. Sports ball. All right, let's dive into the world of Formula One racing. Let's. Ooh, my specialty which is uh, bananas. So there's bananas. Who's holding a big bottle of champagne and this b- big metal trophy? And his name is Carlos Saints. Okay. And he won a race, but he almost didn't win a race because he they were gonna there there was some discussion about stripping him of his first place uh, position in the podium. See what happened is, and yeah, follow me here. Okay. There is. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, like the fourth time you said that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's a very complicated episode. For all right. All right. <laughs> there is a couple other drivers that were involved in the small collision. And so the driver that was responsible took full responsibility, and he took a five-second penalty, which put him way in the back. Now, while this was going on, I guess... Five seconds? That's nothing. That's like... (laughs) Formula One? Yeah, right. He, He went from, like, second or first to seventh in that span. And then during that time when they're, you know, slowing down the cars for a collision, they do the double yellow flags. Now, what this guy, Carlos Saints, did was he uh, opened what, his DRS flap during the double yellows, which is illegal. So he had to zip it up real quick. and uh, But they let it slide, and he's he was in fourth. And now he's in first place, and he won. And he's got a big bottle of champagne. So he's kind of like Sebulba of Formula One racing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Somebody tossed a piece of wrench in the back. And Mars Guo didn't make it. Poor bastard. <laughs> Yark. Yark. I thought you were going to say, like, the cars crashed and exploded, and then he and the other guy, like, ran on foot, like, the last 200 <laughs> yards or whatever. <laughs> and then they made out. Well, that was NASCAR. Oh. That wasn't Formula One. Oh. My different, completely different. My race. bad. My bad. Yeah, they turned right. Mm-hmm. All right. Time for Neam News. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. Okay. Uh, just a couple things to go over this week. Uh, make room for something that I know Jeff wants to talk about, so I'll hold off on it. Um, but uh, so I've I've started to dig into something Alex was talking about, which is the Outer Worlds. Um, yeah. And I've got a few hours under my belt now. I'm starting to get the hang of it. Uh, I still kind of wish I was playing it with a mouse and keyboard. Because this is a first-person shooter, basically. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I I, I like what, what's going on here. Um, the, the, I, they've kind of ratcheted up a 
lot of things that, that are Fallout hallmarks that are used sparingly for whatever reason, even in, the, in Fallout 4. Um, I'm, I'm really digging how, uh, you know, for, for anybody familiar with, with Fallout games, you get into dialogues with, with different characters. And depending on your skills and certain things, you'll get, to, you'll get new responses. Um, and this one's cool. Like, almost every... It feels like almost every conversation you're in, you get the chance to use one of these skills, um, mm-hmm. which is cool. Whereas in the, the real Fallout games, they're actually pretty rare. Um, so it's got that going for it. Um, the I'm getting my ass kicked a lot, so I don't know how I feel about that. But <laughs> this doesn't feel easy so far. Although I think I'm starting to figure that out. Uh, but well, you didn't start on Supernova, did you? No, I did not. Uh, Rod from work started his game fresh. It's a Supernova. Bad <laughs> idea. You're crazy. Uh, yeah. But I, I've already got the one side character Parvati, and I really like her. Uh, what they what they did with her so far. Uh, and I like the Ooh, setting. I like so, her. Really, I like her. Uh, mm-hmm. So I've I've uh, I enjoy the setting. So yeah, I'm gonna. It, it's definitely got me um, hooked for a little while anyway. Um, so that's the video games. Although uh, a little game called Pokemon's Sword and Shield came out for those mm-hmm. that are Pokemon fans. Right, Jeff. Yep. You can buy it on Switch, Jeff. <laughs> Yeah. You can play Pokemon right now. Sure, I can. Uh, <laughs> I've not played it yet, but that, that was a big deal, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. The game that single-handedly saved Nintendo. Uh, so that's oh, real quick before we move on from video games, there is a bug that I ran into in Outer Worlds. Just one. Well, this was like <laughs> a big, like a story one. Okay. That kind of locks locks you out from getting a character. So further on your adventures, you're going to find this drunk lady that you can recruit onto your team. But you have to be careful because when she gives you the option to, oh, go do, you know, the thing that I need or say, oh, you know what, I'll think about it. You want to pick the one that you'll definitely do her mission because I'm playing like kind of like a sarcastic, snarky character. So I always do that. Yeah, I'll think about it. Whatever options. I did that. I still did her mission. I brought it back to her to complete it, but the conversation wouldn't let me give her what sh- she initially asked for. Well, so well, there, now there she's is a whole out. there is a whole section in the in the quest log for botched missions. No, this doesn't even appear in botched. Okay. Yeah, because I have botched one. <laughs> okay, so I haven't done but that yeah, yet. Just so. if you guys are playing it and you want this drunk lady on your team, just definitely hit. Yes, I'll do your mission. Okay. Maybe they'll patch it soon. Yeah, hopefully. All right. So moving on to the world of cinema here. Uh, so just... What's that? We, we, we've talked a little bit about James Bond here with the, the credits and shows. Uh, so the latest rumor um, is uh, Henry Golding as the new Bond. Um, so we went... Uh, from Idris Elba um, to, I'm not sure if there are rumors exactly to people just saying, why don't we just have a woman Bond uh, to Henry oh, yeah. to Henry Golding who was one of these stars of Crazy Rich Asians most recently um, and some, some Christmas uh, movie he did with, with Khaleesi that <laughs> thing's in oh, theaters yeah. now um, yeah, yeah. so interesting, like 
I, I like they're starting to think outside the box. Uh, I think Idris Elba would be a rad Bond. Um, oh, Golding, uh, I haven't seen him anything, so I can't really comment on that. But he was fine in in Crazy Rich Asians. Uh, he has a British <laughs> accent, so that's like yeah, he, that's like half the battle right there. Uh, he plays a villain in some movie. I can't think of it right now, but I know he plays a bad guy in some movie. Okay. Uh, at any rate, uh, so yeah, just, Elba's too old. What's he? Oh, is now he, he is. When he was being considered, like around the Quantum of like Skyfall time, he would have been perfect. Well, it's funny, like they, yeah. <laughs> like they initially got rid of uh, Connor because they thought he was too old, and they brought in Roger Moore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I don't know what the thinking was there exactly, but uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know that age matters that much just to squeeze out a couple movies. Um, so yeah, Bond rumors, as it were, um, and that's basically all I want to talk about. There's one more thing I want to talk about, but I will leave it to Jeff here to kind of lead the discussion. Uh, Alex, anything else you want to talk about? Yeah, just real quick, Jedi Fallen Order is out getting good reviews and uh, I've talked to some friends that have it and they're uh, really enjoying the game. It's hard apparently. I downloaded it, installed it, I haven't played it. <laughs> well, I think you like uh Dark Souls, right? Uh, no, it's really hard. Oh, okay. Well, the combat is similar. It's not as uh, hard no. as that, but everybody's saying that it's similar to that where it's very engaging and it's like like challenging but not insurmountable. That's what I heard too. So, and they got it for the PC. I haven't got a PC game in a while, so we'll see how that goes. I don't know if I'll do mouse and keyboard or if I'll just use my Xbox controller. I'm not sure about that, but I'll check in uh, next week. Hopefully, I'll play at least a level or two. Cool. I heard it's got a good story. That's the main reason I'm getting it. I may even put it to like I know level twenty. I may even just put it on an easy mode just so I get the story. I don't, I don't need to be challenged. Yeah, I like how a lot of the games just have that. And they don't even try to shame you about going easy. The explanation is like, eh, if you just want to enjoy the story and not deal with a lot, like a lot of combat, just do this mode. Like, Sweet, thanks. Wait, which game shames you? Well, a lot of them, well, like Wolfenstein treated you oh, like a goddamn true. baby. That's right. Um, I don't know in Persona they call it safety mode. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I was gonna say, uh, not important. I will say it was annoying, so I was like, okay, I've used Steam like twice in my life. I was like, okay, I'll use Steam to download it. Did that, installed it, fine. And then when I went to play it, it's like, oh, now I have to install Origins or something, some EA bullshit. Yeah, it's oh, horseshit. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> Like yeah. now, so all these video game companies are, all these big video game publishers are getting on the streaming service train. So now everybody wants to do their, oh, no, no, you got to use our thing now. Bleh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, I figured out what I was going to say. The easy mode's midichlorian mode. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Speaking of midichlorians. hey Oh. All right, we are Mandalorian. The The Mandalorian kit was released on Disney Plus. Before we go to the Disney Plus, we all three have watched some stuff on there, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Access to yes, yes. Have you guys liked it so far? I mean, besides we'll get besides besides Mandalorian, have you guys played around with the menus and gone to different stuff? And 
um, I'll let yeah. Alex go first. Yeah, the menus are a bit weird. They need to figure out their organization because right now, just flipping through it, it's hard to find stuff. It doesn't save like your uh, like previously watched or yeah. anything like that, like n- something nice that like Netflix and Hulu still do. So if you want to find something, you have to go into the search and specifically like type it out. But other than that, I mean, their catalog is phenomenal. So far, it's you know everything has worked for me. Yeah, there was a couple things like uh, Laura was saying. Oh, they don't have 101 Dalmatians. Only like the like the sequel and then the actual live action one. And I searched for it, and I I agree. But then later on, we were browsing, and it was there. So I don't know. There's a couple things like that. And yeah, and the last played, I'm sure they'll add it. It's just a feature they didn't make the first cut. Um, But yeah, I'm liking it. We've uh, watched, well, we started a couple movies, and then she started crying, so we had to stop watching. But (laughs) uh, we watched the Jeff Goldblum one, which is weird and that's so it just brings me so much joy that show i can't i can't help but smile during that like those two entire episodes that i saw it's fantastic yeah dustin is pretty much jeff goldblum i think is what i got out of this <laughs> yeah this is like it's more of his lankiness and then the uh the imagineering one watched a couple of those episodes oh, i haven't seen cool. that yet yeah. um but yes the big thing the Mandalorian. Uh, I did an offshoot episode on um, episode one. I've since seen the other episode. I know Alex has seen both. Scott, you've only seen the first one, right? Right. All right. So what do you guys... Oh, we'll just talk leave it to the first one and then just general thoughts. Um, I really liked it. I, I can say that the... It, they Each time I like it... Each time I watched it, I liked it a little bit better. Like, I think the first time that... All right, so I guess spoiler alert if you guys haven't seen... Yes. Spoilers. Uh, Spoilers for, for the episode Mandalorian. One. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Um, that first, that blue alien at the beginning, once I saw, he started talking, the, the Horatio Sands one, I was like, ugh, this is pretty bad. But that's the only thing I didn't like so far out of both episodes. So I'm he really liking car- it. Carbon frozen pretty quick. He did. That's why I was just hoping. Like, this guy's going to be his, like, oh. Yeah, his comedic sidekick for the yeah, whole series. Like, oh, God. But, yeah, he was. No, uh, he's not going to make it back to the family for Life Day. He's not. I love the reference to Life Day. That was awesome. Uh, yeah, I mean, let me hear from you guys. I, I've talked a lot about it in my other episodes. So do you guys have anything? So, uh, again, I'm not the, the Star Wars mega fan that you guys are, but it felt like first watch it was trying a little too hard to be Star Wars not necessarily capture like A New Hope or anything but like hey look at everything that's Star Wars in this movie or in the, in the show yeah um, that's that's chronic throughout the whole new Star Wars uh, there was that in and, general but um, yeah. something that is not necessarily a problem with the show in and of itself was I, I did watch the thing in 4K and, and I do like how Disney Plus um, automatically puts out the highest feed like I didn't have to choose to watch the, the UHD version or whatever, um, nice. and and while it looked crisp, I'm not sure I I was doing the show any favors with some of the special effects, um, <laughs> in the ultra HD with the HDR turned on and everything. Um, yeah. I I did really like the the kind of uh, not not lore but like mythos or whatever they're building around the Mandalorians. Exactly. I really like yeah. that. Like, okay, this is awesome. kind of cool how they're all like they keep the helmets on, and they're this weird kind of like warrior tribe, and like 
it would seem like the most important person was like the blacksmith. They're basically dwarves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh like they're like yeah, bounty hunter dwarves. Uh but yeah, the 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 smith was like the most important person or the central figure in their their community. Um how Mandalorians seem to carry some kind of reputation throughout the galaxy. Uh I did like how they they made it a little more violent than the typical Star Wars stuff. Uh, yeah, it's still PG. It, they, they did some very clever editing to yeah. to insinuate like well, something that was more gruesome than it actually was. Well, yeah, like the like first five minutes, guys getting stabbed. Yeah, it's, it's kind of mostly off camera, but it happens. Uh, the guy's legs get cut off or whatever in the closing door. Uh, well, it, he got cut in half. Yeah. So, uh, it was a, a mind flare. I'm sure he's still okay. Yeah, it was cool. Like the, you know, the the main character is fine. The it was cool to see Werner Herzog just be an actor. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was always really cool when the uh, the stormtroopers showed up and they're all dirty, dirty stormtroopers yeah. as I call them. And then and then <laughs> and then finally the the thing that I had a hard time taking seriously was uh was the <laughs> Nick Nolte Mac and me. <laughs> so, so. Oh, I love not. this character. I know he was great. I have spoken. I have spoken. So <laughs> yeah, he's my favorite part so far. The a, a, lo- a lot of like just little things I noticed, but the overall I liked it though. Yeah. Um, one thing before Alex goes, I love how this it, it feels like a freaking video game, man. He's he's getting his armor. He's all got like patchwork armor. He got his new piece. Uh, <laughs> yeah, his stats go up a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I'm not spoiling this episode two. Episode two, there's a side quest and an escort quest going on in this thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it is very video game-esque. It, it I, felt, I like it, it, at, points, without... at points in a, in a way that I liked, it felt like uh, like Conan the Barbarian. like Very much like Robert Howard, Princess of Mars type of, type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I, I I dug it, and then the uh, well, Alex go, then I'll more say. Okay, uh, speaking about the special effects, yeah, I was very critical. Most of them are movie quality, like big budget, like cinema movie quality. The only ones that really fell apart was in the training, and uh, uh, he was trying to break that. What was the thing called? The mini dubek? A blurg. A blurg. God. When he was trying to ride the blurg, <laughs> and then actually riding the blurg, uh, it looked a bit wonky. But uh, aside from those, like few shots, it all the special effects have been great. All the gunplay, all the lasers looked fantastic, and you know, yeah, the gun stuff was uh, good. Yeah, I, I agree. The them riding the blurgs across the the landscape was not great. A couple yeah. of the landing shots for the for the aircraft for the, the spaceships weren't great. But it's good. starting to get nitpicky there, though. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, the blurg design I think is not very good. It looks like a fish with legs or something. Blurg. Yeah, yeah I thought it was fine. A little okay. goofy looking, but eh. All right, Alex. I brought this up in the, in the offshoot episode when he gets into the. Uh, Sorry, when he like gets no. no, no, no. When he's uh, <laughs> when he gets a ride from like that comedian guy. I don't know his name, and he gets on the. Uh, on the ice, oh, Brian Posey. It was Brian Posey. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. knew it. Yeah, and then he gets on the ship, and then the walrus attacks, and then he tries to take off, and it does the. 
Yeah. That bugged me though, because that's either I thought it was a Millennium Falcon noise only, or at most it's a hyperdrive noise, and that was neither of those two. So that's yeah. nitpicking right there. Oh, it, what, one more, one more point. Just as uh, the the Last Jedi established that fuel was a thing, the Mandalorian has established that toilets are a thing. That was awesome. Yeah. Space toilet. Yep. Mm-hmm. It looks uncomfortable. <laughs> it looked incredibly uncomfortable. But I guess it's just supposed to suck everything out, so there you go. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, it's minor, but my big complaint is the same complaint from pretty much every other Star Wars movie, that it's too, re- it's too referential of itself. Like, with the door guard, that's the same as the one as Jabba's Palace. The poor uh, salacious crumbs <laughs> roasting on an open fire. Uh, yeah, see, I thought they did it, but it wasn't a, too much. And yeah, no, I mean, this, it's it's the best in this movie because they, they didn't go overboard with it. Yeah. So. But still, yeah. But that's it. It's it's a fantastic show, and like we said, we're getting nitpicky here because most of it it's fantastic. Yeah. And uh, so I guess we have to talk about the big reveal of episode one. If you guys haven't watched it, seriously, stop. What do you guys think of little baby Yoda or whatever it is? I thought it was an interesting choice. And uh, watch episode two already. Yeah. Jeff. Scott. (laughs) So uh, some some questions were raised by listeners of the podcast (laughs) uh, that maybe Alex wants to address. I don't know. But – my brother? Yes. <laughs> He's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, brother. Uh, yeah, I, I've got to agree with you, Alex, that uh, it's just a suspenser pod. Like, like everything else is on suspensers. Like, they never really explain it. It just shit floats. Like, don't, yeah. don't think about yeah. it too much. It's just a, a space cradle. Yeah, it's, just, it's just a baby. And, like, a Mandalorian's like a bounty hunter with a heart of gold or whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So. No, he's using the force, and he's <laughs> he's using the mind trick of the Mandalorian. You could tell that he was being hypnotized. Like, how? He's wearing a fucking helmet. How, how could you tell? It, it does raise questions, though, about like uh, how old Yoda actually was. 900 years old. Yeah, 900 right, years old. Right, well, okay. I meant like, <laughs> I meant like. Is that when, 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 answer your question? When, so what, what, what race, what race are the Yodas? They don't know. Yeah, they haven't been yeah. since okay. even in the extended universe. All right, so at fifty, if, it, if it's been... still not even a toddler, if it's just like still an infant, like does that mean Yoda's basically a teenager? No, because he died of old age. Right. It just seems. Yeah. Weird. Just, math, seems, I mean, you see where I'm yeah. going with this, right? Yeah. Okay. They could have like a massive growth spurt, like from 100 to 200 years. I mean, just I just want to know, like, from like a biological standpoint, when they reach majority. Or he could already have all his mental faculties, but his body hasn't caught up yet to where he can, you know, articulate what his brain is thinking. I suppose that's possible. I'm just saying that Yoda's like. The reason Yoda's a dick is because he's a teenager. It's not because he's, like, old and cranky. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> he has a cane, for Christ's mine, sake. Mine. Mine. <laughs> the teenager with the cane. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, go back to my brother. Like, he 
he was texting me like crazy, and I think that's a good thing. I've never heard him ask so many Star Wars questions, so that means that it's doing something to people. Like, my yeah. brother is not the biggest <laughs> or, Star Wars fan. He likes it. Or he was just really drunk. No, I don't think he was, because it was in the afternoon, I think. Was, <laughs> that that doesn't prove anything, yeah. Jeff. <laughs> but, no. Like, I think that's a good thing, good sign for the show, where a, a fan who, or I would say he's a, a uh, what's his name? He's not. He's probably more like you, Scott. Like he he likes Star Wars, but he's not that into it. I I I, I would say he's more into it than I am. So okay. Well, but anyway, he's so he was asking questions, which I thought was, was that's a good sign for the show. Um, mm-hmm. and I forgot what other thing was. But yeah. So the only Yoda species that we know is Yoda and Yaddle. Mm-hmm. But I think Yaddle was edited out of the. The recent versions of the Phantom Menace, so I don't even know if Yaddle's canon anymore. Cannon fodder. So stupid. Yeah. But I'm just wondering if it's Yoda's baby. Could be. He and Yoda <laughs> and Yaddle got it on. <laughs> Yoda the Mandalorian. I heard they got it on. <laughs> nah, no, they didn't. What if at the end of or Empire Strikes Back when he goes, "No, there is another." He's talking about this thing because he hooked up with Yaddle. <laughs> Yoda's yeah, yeah, just. <laughs> Been on a whirlwind tour of the the universe. It had been life crisis and was just sowing his oats, his green. <laughs> and then one oats. last thing: what's going to happen to this adorable little Yoda? Because it's not in the Force Awakens. So when is this supposed to take place? I don't yeah, think we're about the Mandalorian. That. Yeah, well, six years. If the Mandalorian dies, it's not going to be sad. If the baby Yoda dies, it's going to be terrible. Yeah. So after. Imp- after Return of the Jedi, before Force Awakens, and I believe okay. closer to Return of the Jedi. Yeah, it's about six years. Okay, let me let me. So the Empire is done. The the whatever the new bad guys are, the First Order have not formed yet. That's my understanding. Okay, so let me let me pose a couple questions here for you for you guys. Yeah. Like, so two episodes in, and you still like it after two episodes. What? Like, what things would you be upset by moving forward? So, if there were Ewoks. If they did it correctly, I'm fine with it. Yeah. Did they do Ewoks correctly the first time around? <laughs> uh, eight-year-old Jeff says 100%. Okay. <laughs> this version of me, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Not so much, but. What, if, what if they start getting, like, really, like, Alex said, the referential stuff with, uh, like, from the from the initial trilogy, mm, th- yeah, that might sour me on it. So, like, they start talking about like, so if they show like uh, William Falcon in the background, CGI or something. phase, Han Solo, and uh, oh no, I mean they they wouldn't go that far, but like William Falcon's in the background, or mm, you never knew, or there's like a Wookiee, and someone's like, oh, there's Chewbacca, but it's all in the background, like. Yeah, that's that would bug me, but it wouldn't put me off from the series. Okay, it would depend on how they did it. That's all I could say. Yeah, okay. I mean, it, it sounds like it'd be bad, but if they did it right in, in a good way, like, like I said, I had no problems with the the salacious crumbs or that eyeball droid. Like, if you keep doing it and it's just overwhelming, it's overwhelming. It's fine. But I like in this. There's you had um, like you like Alex said the mind flare guys, and you had. <laughs> Uh, Trandoshans, and you had and like I like stuff that has existed in the past, but they had new aliens too. As long as you mix it, like I think that's the one thing that stinks with the new trilogies. There's like not one Trandoshan or 
Rodian no, see, or see that I think it, Twilight. I, I think it would be cool to have like a like even if it was a small character to have like uh, somebody with a name and a personality um, for like a Transocean because uh, they don't really talk or anything, or to have one of the uh, Bothans or something um, who are like kind of not ubiquitous but are very noticeable in the in the trilogy. Yeah. I don't know the Bothans. Well, they talk about them. So they talk about it. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know. Yeah, what I think we've like. seen only one on screen, right? Yeah. And then it got you got blowed up. I I will tell you which one. The one where in um. The Force Awakens, when they're seeing the big space laser coming at their planet, and the crowd's like pointing and looking at the sky. There's a both enough to the uh, really? left of the screen. <laughs> there's yeah, there's a token both. Yeah. I will tell you what will. Hook me for the entire run of the show is if in episode two the the Mandalorian goes back to whatever that spaceport and he does the uh, the, the standing arm wrestling handshake with Carl, one Carl Weathers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The manliest handshake known to man. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so my thing is I after episode one which episode two hasn't done one, you know, hasn't said one or the other is he killed IG 11, who is a guild member. Is, is Carl Weathers now going to be after the Mandalorian? Cause he broke bounty hunter code or something. I'm wondering if that's, that's going to be a thing. Interesting because neither of them knew that they were both on the bounty. So he could just claim that somebody got IG 11, uh, at the la- at like unawares. Sure. I don't, I don't think that the, yeah. I think there's definitely a, a guild in the code, but I don't think they're that lawful. It's more like guidelines. See, I'm thinking a whole um, John Wick, John Wick Two <laughs> type thing. Wick, Wick. So, anyway, it went, by the way, IG Eleven was badass. It could, it's come a long way since IG Eighty Eight. I don't even know if he even moved a foot or his head, like slightly turns and yeah, the... it rotated a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. IG-11 was awesome I, yeah for that episode they put all the budget into his animation because it was fantastic yeah uh, this does kind of feel like it was like John Favreau like had all the, he had his Boba Fett and his IG-88 and his Bosk and his <laughs> what other stuff I don't want to spoil and, and his, and his Yoda and other stuff for episode 2 and they're like oh that's all great but you can't use their real names they're different versions of them oh fuck alright he's the Mandalorian and he's IG-11 and he's Borsk. I don't know. Like, <laughs> like I said, there's stuff in episode two that I won't spoil, but like that, it's all like this is him playing with his toys, but he can't use the real names or the real planets or. Awesome. Anyway, yeah. Um, so far, I'm liking it. Um, the music, it's it's growing on me. It's not very Star Warsy, but I think for this show, it's working. Yeah, because they're they're crossing it a little bit with like old Western vibes and stuff with the, a bit of a like a flute or a whistle type of tones, but it's very synth and futuristic. I'm digging it. Yeah, I heard it's a recorder actually. Oh, that makes sense. A recorder of what? Yeah, nice. Hey yo. Um. All right. Well, that's it. Well, maybe we'll do more uh, episode releases or something, but that's it for now. Thank you. Yeah. Sounds good. All right, anything else? Not for me. All right. Where the hell was I? <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. 
We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast.